Hey guys. Wow. Everybody recovery yet? I can tell you, I just saw a whole lot of stopped hearts down there in the lower concourse, uh, in the Penguins locker room, outside the Penguins room, uh, executives, coaches, and everything who just looked like, <sighs> for lack of a better way to put it. The final was Penguins 4, Capitals 3. Uh, that doesn't come close to doing justice to what kind of a back-and-forth evening this ended up being with the Penguins having the 3-0 lead, with the Penguins naturally blowing the 3-0 lead, and then with Evgeny Malkin just basically picking the franchise up on his back, storming in alone on Darcy Kemper and taking care of business uh, as only a superstar can. Uh, I have a lot to share on this subject, and I'd rather share it with you. We have moved YouTube channels now from our Steelers one, uh, what's now a Steelers one, to a Penguins one that's basically brand new and from scratch. Uh, so if you're watching this on uh, Twitter or Facebook or anywhere else, if you want to leave a comment here, if you want to leave a question or whatever it is, you can do that in two places. One is on our new YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash at DK Pittsburgh Sports Penguins. And you got to spell all that out. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm going to put it here on the screen for you so that you can see what it looks like. I think I just did it there. Okay, that's the actual channel. That's not a clickable link, so you're going to have to actually type that out. But that's where we are. Uh, we do have a bunch of comments and questions and so forth coming in, but I, I want you to be aware uh, you know, of, of where this is. Um, I don't even know where to start. I mean, do you want to get negative? Do you want to start with the blown lead? Uh, do you want to get into just what Gino did? That's what June wants to do. She says, make me a milkshake. Malkin, of course, one of Mike Lang's uh, many great lines. Uh, that's a special situation, okay? That's something that a special player pulls off in a special situation. Um, I just said something to Gino. This is actually going to be the lead to my column that I'm going to be writing tonight, but I can share it with you guys. Uh, I said something to him, that's why you stayed. And he goes, huh? He couldn't make out what I was saying. I said, that's why you stayed in Pittsburgh for that scene. And he said, I know, I know. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. Uh, Brent says, hello. Hey, hey, Brent, how are you, man? Uh, Gary says that the Penguins showed some guts. Yes, this is uh, something I was just mentioning to Brian Burke down there. I said, say what you want, but the heart was there through the whole thing. They didn't collapse. They didn't fold, which is not that good defensively, okay? No one wants to hear that, but that's actually the truth. Gary says, it's not easy to get momentum back after blowing a three-goal lead. Gino was so clutch. Uh, all of that is so accurate. Uh, Daniel Neal says, with the exception of the first five minutes of the game, I thought the Penguins were excellent. I didn't think they were bad in the first five minutes. I'd go a little bit harder on them on uh, somewhere between the 10-minute mark of the third and everything right up until Geno scored. Uh, I thought they did a lot of good things, and I thought through 40, Daniel, that this was their best effort since Winnipeg, and then it ended up not being that, so through 40 doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot. 
Uh, Tasso says, I love my Penguins, but they have to stop giving up the lead. Tasso, they got the points, man. They got the points. That's what Mike Sullivan just said down there right now. He said, we can get into the hows and the whys and everything else. And I was joking with him. I asked him how his ticker's doing. And he said, we needed the two points. We needed the two points. So Austin says, need to get Jeff Petrie back ASAP. Yes, yes, and yes. However, when you're dealing with a head injury, then they have not called it that. They have not called it a concussion. But we saw Tyler Mott's elbow go into his head in New York. Uh, you gotta, you gotta clear all the, you know, the crossing of the T's and dotting of the I's before you can return here. Karen says, "Hey, Dan, I'm glad they won, but how is Alexander Ovechkin always left open to shoot from that spot? Always, Karen, it's an unstoppable play. Okay, if you look at what happened on that play, Jeff Carter loses the draw. The puck immediately goes across, and Brian Rust." who has one job on that PK, made a little bit of a beeline for some other direction and then went over to Ovi and it was too late because that's how that play has worked. And it has really worked for 17 years now. It's not an accident. Um, Look, look at it a different way, Karen. Look at the shot. Look at the finish. Ask yourself instead how it is that he can place it like that with that force on a consistent basis. Eric says the goalie battle tonight. It was nice to see Uh, Eric. No, no, I'm not letting you off that easy. You come back with what you're really saying here. Okay. I'll be checking on here. You come back with what you're really saying there because that ain't it. Okay. Doug says, do you think the penguins can get healthy Jari, especially so they can do more than limp into the first round and be bounced by Boston. Hey, Doug, I got news for you. I don't know that they're playing Boston. Uh, The Islanders just had back-to-back games against teams they should have cleaned up on, and they only came out of it with one point. Have you looked at the Islanders' remaining schedule? I have. It is not pretty. The Islanders really made a mistake here, and I think the Islanders and Panthers might end up being the teams uh, that battle this out because, look, I know the Penguins aren't exactly in a position to be taking any points for granted either, but look at the end of the Penguins' schedule. I can say that. They can't. Look at the end of it. It's very, very different. Derek says, Rust again out there is a non-factor. Mike Sullivan needs to put Rust on the third line and Raquel back up to one. I want to see more of Granlund with Zucker. I just want to see Granlund. I'm not sure he's arrived. I, I, I have nothing, nothing, nothing positive to say about him. If you want to get wistful about their time together with the Wild and hope that they can create some magic together around Gino or hope that the one trait that Granlin legitimately brings in the NHL is his passing skills. Okay, If you want to say, hey, listen, if all he does is get the puck and pass it to 71 because 71 wants the puck all the time, especially when he's going like this, great. But let's not have it be some sort of happy reunion with uh, you know, those two guys from Minnesota or whatever, because I'm definitely not buying that. Emmett Johnson says, why, when the Penguins have a lead in the third, do they just try to play defense and keep trying to dump the puck into the offensive zone and get back to defense? It seems like it's not a great game plan. Um, that's not the game plan. Emmett, I'm saying this respectfully, but that's not it. Uh, when you see the Penguins at their best in protecting a lead, and I understand that at this point requires black and white footage, they will press forward through the neutral zone. 
they'll forecheck and they'll do it responsibly once they're in the attacking zone. There's no such thing as a pinch that comes without a corresponding F3. That's the high forward peeling back around the defenseman. When they're at their best, this is how they're going. There was a part of the third period where the Penguins did this after the Jake Gensel goal made it 3-1. to one. Uh, three nothing. Well, I don't remember what the score was, but you get the idea. They press because they're not good defensively. You can't pretend that they are. You can't hope that they are, and you can't restructure the system to accommodate for them not being that. Eric does come back and this time asks what he really wanted to ask, which is, ha ha ha, this Smith was good and Jari, well, he was on the bench. Yeah, he was on the bench. He was there and available to partake in an NHL game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. But he was on the bench. Um, I'm not his doctor. I'm not his athletic trainer. I'm not his agent. And I'm not the coaching staff. However, how many times now have we seen this over the course of this season? Uh, the one thing that you know you're going to get out of DeSmith, including, including on those three Washington goals, is a battle. He was scrambling. He was flailing, probably excessively so. But you didn't wonder if he was all the way in. Do you know what I'm saying here? You, you don't ever hear anybody say, uh, boy, it looks like Jari's really into it tonight. You don't hear that about DeSmith. You know, you just don't. Mandy says, let's not be hasty and say after a couple performances from DeSmith that he's more reliable than Jari. Well, Mandy, you almost had me there. Okay, you almost had me, and then you lost me with your third to last word there. Because DeSmith is more reliable than Jari. You know why? He plays. He plays. Plays through discomfort, plays through pain, plays through sickness. He plays. That, by very definition, makes him more reliable. Now, if you want to argue which one's the better goaltender, that's going to be a very short argument in Jari's favor. Jari has all the talent in the world. He's got to play. He's got to want to play. He's got to want to be out there. Here's hoping. You know what, Mandy? I, I actually happen to agree with you here. You don't punt on Jari after this, okay? But here's hoping that while he's sitting there, he noticed that this place, and the chance started over on this side, was really letting Casey DeSmith hear it. Uh, they, they, were, they were vocal. They were demonstrative. Um, and... Honestly, I don't remember the last time I heard a goalie chant in here for anybody. I actually brought this up with Casey himself after the game. Casey, you hear the fans chanting your name like that? That's got to feel special. Yeah, really cool. I mean, that's, that's the joy of playing at home and, and having great fans like we have and um, just makes it that much more special to play. And um, Yeah, it feels good. So thanks, fans, for that. You see that smile? You see that? He, he does that. He does like this game show smile whenever he's really, really happy. And look, he and all of them should be, okay? I, I like what Sullivan said afterward. Look, they know they blew a lead. They know they blow leads all the time. They had one objective 
from this game, and that was to come away with two points. Even if the Caps got one point, it wasn't going to matter much because they started the evening four points back, and the Penguins had a game in hand on them. So they weren't really chasing the Penguins, not with this little time left in the regular season. But they wanted the two points, and they got them. Gary says, like my high school hockey coach told me, a player's most important ability is their reliability. It sounds like he went to the Mike Tomlin school of, of clever sayings. Uh, Jake says... The numbers prove it, DK. DeSmith has played at 1B goalie level since early February. I don't understand. Is that a compliment, that 1B thing? <laughs> are, you, are you patting him on the back, or are you like giving him a backhand slap? I'm not sure uh, which of the two that particular remark is here. Justin Mars says, hey, DK, the 3-1 uh, curse always gets us, but a win is a win. If the Penguins can get hot during the playoffs first round, not many teams can beat them when hot. I'm not there, Justin. Okay. I, I Here's as far as I'll go. The last three games have been very encouraging. Uh, this was a playoff dynamic that I had not seen from this team other than maybe once or twice previously over the entire regular season. And unfortunately, I can name both games off the top of my head. It was the win in Winnipeg in November and the win over the Rangers three days before Christmas right here in this building. And that's it. And that's it until this. Now, I didn't cover the game in Denver, so I'm not going to have a great feel for that. I don't trust my TV set for this sort of stuff. I do think that this is a team that has this this uh, this lever to pull within it. I wasn't sure, but I at least think that now. Uh, Michael says, uh, DK, I'm too ecstatic to ask a question. I'm just thrilled that Gino got a winner in regulation after almost blowing a three-goal lead. They didn't almost blow one. They blew one. Uh, most Must stay focused moving forward. I'll tell you that Gino was more excited than you were, Michael. Uh, you're going to have to take my word for that. Although you got to see some of it on the ice afterward, he, he could barely speak. I tried to upload a video here of a question that I asked him. So that I could show you this, but it, it's too the file is too large to fit on this particular thing, and I don't have time to go shortening it. I'll put it up later with the column. But this was fun. This was fun. He was really, really giddy. Jonathan Evans says DeSmith is so scrambly, he gives me ulcers sometimes, and it definitely leads to goals. But I think that right now his commitment must have an impact on how his teammates play. You know what, Jonathan? Can I I don't mean to I don't want to put these up and just nitpick every little thing that I see here, but I think this one's important. DeSmith was scrambly on the last goal, okay? We can agree on that. On the wraparound, he wasn't – the one that ended up being a Tom Wilson goal, he wasn't super fast to get right to left, but I don't think he was scrambly. We saw him scrambly on one goal, and don't be one of those people – I refer to this as the last bad thing I saw syndrome, who judges a bullpen reliever just by the last time he gave up a home run. You know, I thought that – DeSmith stayed within himself for the most part and that he was scrambly when necessary. For example, on that late two-on-one that the Caps had very, very late that ended the second period, he was flailing, but he had to flail because the two shots, one from, uh, I don't remember who took the other one, the other one came back to Ovi. Uh, he had to make sure that he was set or, or at least taking up some space in the crease here. Chad says we need to find a way to prevent the third period collapse. How about just getting some defensemen back? I hope everyone remembers that they're still playing without two thirds 
of their blue line. Two-thirds. Zod says, are we supposed to kneel before Zod, or is this just like, this is just normal Zod, maxed out Zod? He says, they've blown leads, but when the game is essentially a playoff game, they found a way. Huge for Malkin, too. No goals in five, and then he does that. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't agree more here. Uh, Mike says, hey, DK, wait, wrong show. No, you can do that here. There are no rules. I cover all three of these teams, not just the Steelers. Mandy says, does Smith get scrambly when the defense breaks down? Yeah, and the defense breaks down when? <laughs> okay, all the time. Ray says, what was with the third line taking faceoffs in the offensive zone late in the third? I don't understand the strategy. Because he just wanted them to play, and he wanted them to forecheck, and those were his best forecheckers. You know, I meant to ask him about that, and now you bring it up, and I I blew it. I actually had that as, as like in, in my head as a question that I wanted to bring up with Sullivan, and I didn't, because uh, he hadn't done that before, and it was impressive. Okay, that's adjusting. That's all the stuff that people say that he doesn't do. Uh, he was doing whatever he could to try to take the pressure off that defensive court, and the best way to do that was going to be uh, to forecheck here. Patrick says, I can't wait for Marcus Pedersen, 28, to come back. Well, you're going to have to wait. Um, he is not eligible to return until, meaning off of long-term injured reserve, until the final regular season game in Columbus, Ohio. And um, that's not around the corner. And by the way, it's also not a given that he'll be healthy enough. I'm just telling you when he's eligible to actually come off of that list. A um, couple more here today. Uh, Clint says, do you think that three defensemen on IR will be back for the playoffs if it gets that far? Well, they can be. All three of them, excuse me, fit into that Pedersen category. Uh, that doesn't mean that all three of them will. Um, you know, when uh, Dmitry Kulikov's walking around with a boot on his left foot today, that's not something that's super in encouraging or, or it could be precautionary. And, and we just don't have any idea which way it goes. Who will get the last question today? Uh, Tony Tiemann first wants to jump in with keep Jari on the bench. Enough is enough. Tony's had it. Tony is through with Jari. I, I can't be. Because Jari is the only guy on the roster who's capable of stealing a series for you. And when you enter the playoffs, where the Penguins will enter them, and I don't mean just if it's Boston, okay, uh, you're going to need a goaltender who has the talent to steal the series. So even though Clint says Jari can't be counted on, and I happen to agree with that, and Daniel would rather see DeSmith over Jari in the very next game, Tuesday night, and Perk here considers Casey to be Casey DeWall. <laughs> I'm gonna have to move away from all of you guys and and just say that you can't, you can't. I, I, there's a part of me that wants to do that too. There isn't, but then, just like that, just like that, he saw the third period come along, and all of a sudden, everybody there, there were no chance. There was no nothing. Everybody's sitting there waiting for that third Washington goal. And guess what? The third Washington goal happened. Tony says, but is he going to be healthy for the playoffs? Ha, ha, ha. That's very funny. He was the backup, you know? He was the backup in this one. Michael says, massive two points, buddy. Must follow this up in Detroit. I agree with that. The Red Wings are a scrambly-type team. They're, they're heavily loaded up front. 
They're going to make you do different things. They're out of the race, so they're not playing with a care. That's always dangerous. Uh, we'll see how that ends up going. Anyway, hey, listen, guys, thanks for uh, for popping up over here, and especially thanks for coming over to the new YouTube channel. Spread the word because there's people who don't know that we've done this. I've tried to let let it be known in certain channels, but there's no real great way to let every like, like your whole YouTube community know about it. But there is now a channel for Steelers, Penguins, Pirates, and even one for Pitt. So that's how we're breaking those down, and that's where these will be from now on. Anyway, headed home. Bye.